Hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and I am super excited to have uh, Robbie Markle back on our podcast today. She has been on our podcast like a year ago or so, and um, she's got a lot of changes since then. Um, So without further ado, Roddy, welcome to our show. Hi, Sean. Hi, Janet. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. You've had a lot of changes since last October. Um, Career changes, all that. So go ahead and let us know um, what's going on. Oh, well, last time, see, we were on the show or I was on the show with you, I think, last April. And a lot of things have changed since then. I am now uh, retired from corporate and doing my coaching business full time, which is just super exciting. And um, you guys are my first podcast in my new office. I have office space uh, upstairs at uh, the gym that I actually go to, CrossFit Unrestrained. And they were kind enough to rent me a little small space so I can come and hang out here and do podcasts and meet with clients one-on-one. And uh, it's a really exciting time for me. I'm expanding my coaching business and it's going really well. And I just love that I get to to serve more people and be retired and kind of have the flexibility to to uh, be more available for my family and for my business. How exciting. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so in that meantime, too, you had a little bit of a, one of the things that that uh, kind of pushed you to retirement maybe is you had a little bit of a health, a health care. I did. Um, I had originally planned on retiring in about five years from from the corporate world and just continuing coaching as a side hustle kind of thing and building the business until I could actually officially retire. And um, back in October, I think it was October, early October, I had a mini stroke and um, that was pretty scary. I didn't realize what was happening at the time. And um, then come to find out, I did have a little bit of a, a mini stroke and kind of caused me to reevaluate my five-year plan. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I had enough money, but I wasn't sure if I was going to have enough time after that incident. And that was a real eye-opener for me. And so I pulled the trigger a, a few a few weeks later and with the support of my husband and said, hey, let's just do this. Let's take a leap of faith and make it happen. And so I did. And I haven't, haven't really looked back. So it was pretty pretty scary time, but also very exciting time. Well, and it sounds like God had other plans for you, right? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes. And, you know, sometimes in our lives, if uh, things like that don't happen, um, we'll never make a change sometimes. So sometimes the, the, um, the things we look back on and, and, and look at and at the time, it, was, mm-hmm. it seemed like, you know, it was just a horrible event. We look back and it was, you know, a, a, a big crossroad in our life that really, that really um, changed our lives for the better. Absolutely. And I really feel that way about this now. Thankfully, it was a mini stroke and nothing, nothing major. But yeah, it definitely kind of shifted me in a completely different direction and as far as reevaluating where I wanted to spend the rest of my life and what I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing because I kind of was like staring at it. I'm like, wow, why am I waiting? Let's just do this. Right. So um, with that also, you, you are in a new office, correct? I am. I was just telling Janet that you guys are like my first podcast in my brand (laughs) new office at my gym and I'm super excited about it. 
and you you are you used to when we interviewed you a, a year or so ago um you were working with mostly middle aged women and above but you've expanded your clientele now correct i have i'm super excited about it it's kind of like two ends of the spectrum i get to work with the middle aged woman you know who's kind of lost her way or raised her kids and is like what's next maybe put on a few pounds uh, and i'm also working with the crossfit athlete and i think it's because i'm a middle aged CrossFit athlete. And so it's, it's amazing how people are coming to me kind of in along that same vein. And so now I'm not only coaching for weight loss, but I'm also coaching for performance uh, athletes who want to gain muscle, lose fat, lose a little bit of weight and, per, you know, improve their performance in the gym and get stronger. And so it's kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum in some ways, but I just love it. I'm actually awesome. coaching my own daughter. Oh, oh, really? Oh, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> um, she, she's doing really well, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would imagine, you know, I mean, you, you know, when you think about it, you coached her, you know, from the time <laughs> she was So why not, right? Yeah, and I kind of grew her, actually. <laughs> although I can say at this point in my boys' lives that, you know, they're young 20 year olds, I just wouldn't want to be coaching them right now. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering if I was going to if that was going to happen with us, but her and I are really close and she's of course a CrossFit athlete as well and so, you know, we we managed to get along okay in that arena, but I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. So, speaking of CrossFit, you had a competition over the weekend. Tell us about that. Yeah, we just finished um the CrossFit community actually just finished the CrossFit Open. It's um a competition an online qualifier every year. That is uh, three workouts in three weeks, and you are basically uh, see how you do within your peer group or your age division across the world. And so it's sort of a measure of where you are with everybody else who CrossFits. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of hype that goes around or goes along with it. The gyms that participate typically have, you know, they're just really excited about it. We just kind of came to the end of that. Actually, the last scores will be posted tonight. And so we'll find out as, as um, individuals how we uh, compare to other people our age in the world and throughout the United States. And so it's a really exciting time. That is. That's one of the just one of the many great things about CrossFit is that you know you get you get to compete with people from all over the world, and it really it really creates a sense of community for not just the local people that you're competing with, but even those people that you're communicate um, that you're competing with across the world. It's it's really a community oriented uh, sport. It really is, and and it's really true when when you hear people say when you walk in the doors of a CrossFit gym you leave your ego there because it doesn't matter what age you are, what level you are, you're there for yourself to work out amongst family and friends and a community. I, I love it. I just love it. Absolutely. CrossFit's done a, a good job of selling that, mm -hmm. that part of it. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, how to go ahead and stream uh, Roddy's book. Uh, tell us about your book. Um, she's a boss because you are the boss. So tell us about it. <laughs> This kind of came out of the blue. I was not expecting, I've always wanted to be a part of a book, write a book, um, because I do a lot of writing uh, personally. And uh, this kind of came out of the blue, out of nowhere. A, a gal that I met on, through Facebook, she reached out to me um, and she said, you know, I've been following you and uh, I, I really like what you're doing. 
I think you have a great story. You're building a brand that people are resonating with. I really want you to consider being a part of this project. And we're going to have, you know, 10 to 15 women who are going to share their stories about how they got where they are and what they're doing to make an impact in the world. And so um, I said, let me think about it. And I did, and I did, and I did. And I was really uncomfortable. Uh, I said yes, and but I was really uncomfortable um, saying yes. And what's interesting is, is that I don't have a problem sharing my story in a venue like this or with people that I know, but sharing my story on paper and writing it um, it was a whole new experience that was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. So, and, and go ahead and share um, for some people that don't know you uh, from your last podcast on our, our listeners and viewers, go ahead and share some of your story. Well, the story that I share in this book is basically my entrance into the CrossFit world and how I got there and how my health had, I'd been struggling with my health and I had gained a, a ton of weight and all of my girls had cross were CrossFitters, and I had a daughter that basically said, you're going to go do this six-week nutrition challenge. I don't care. You're doing it. And so I did. Lost a bunch of weight, got hooked on CrossFit. Um, but the And that's kind of the start of my CrossFit journey. But along the way, I also realized that I, was, I had a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol, and I had to really think about what I was going to do in that area of my life and because it wasn't serving me. And so long story short, I gave up drinking uh, and I share that story in the book and um, I gave up drinking and, and, and here we are. And so that's basically my story is how I got into CrossFit, why I gave up drinking, what I gained as a result of that in my own personal life and where I'm going from here forward or where I hope God takes me. Janet, what questions do you have for Rodney? So when we give up something, there's, there's a consequence. Have you found that there's people that have left your life because of that, or has it increased, or how does that look for you? You mean as far as giving up the, the drinking? Oh, I didn't lose anything. Good I didn't. I didn't lose anything because um, I was a, I was a drinker who drank in isolation, so oh. I didn't have to give any friends or anything up, and so mm-hmm. I gained uh, you know a thousandfold over right. what I ever ever gave up, and you know I think the primary thing that I gained was. I'm able now to live in my own truth and live congruent with what I profess to believe. And so, yeah, I gained way more than I ever gave up. So there literally, there were no consequences for me. I didn't have to give up relationships. Even if I did, those weren't relationships I probably wanted right. to be in anyway. Right. Yeah. So it was all, exactly. all positive for me. Yeah. So what was your, after, so you started CrossFit and lost some weight before you quit drinking, correct? I had no, uh, no, I had quit drinking about two months before I jumped into the challenge and I jumped into the challenge because I needed something, (laughs) you know, I'd given up something and I needed something and I'm a very competitive person and a very addictive personality. And so CrossFit was it for me. Yeah. So, because I was going to say, so what were the health, you obviously lost weight, but what were some of the other health benefits after you quit drinking and lost weights? Tell us, you know, some of the things that you gained because of that. Did you have any, um, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes mm-hmm. coming on, anything like that? Yeah, I, I was um, on the borderline of hypertension. Uh, I was, you know, right there to, you're going to need to go on blood pressure medication. My A- A1C was through the roof because I was a wine drinker. 
Um, I was ready to get ready to have to go on metformin. I was 35 to 40 pounds overweight. Um, I wasn't, of course, sleeping well. My face was always red from and puffy from, from the wine. And yep. so when I quit drinking, all of those things corrected themselves within just a few months. And, and of course I felt better. I was sleeping better. I had more clarity and I was able to do the things that I love to do at a higher level. It's amazing to hear that story. And, and we love sharing stories like that because we commonly in healthcare, you know, we get, we get told, I mean, there are still doctors and pharmacists that we debate with that say, they say diabetes is not reversible. And with your hemoglobin A1C going to the roof, I don't know what that number was. You basically were a diabetic. Close to and, it. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you weren't really diagnosed right there as a diabetic, you were going to eventually be there. If you weren't, if they looked at your insulin levels, I'm assuming your insulin levels were high. So you probably were diabetic. Actually, if they diagnose it that way, but um, you you reversed it. I, mean, I did. It's your lifestyle. I right. did with nutrition and removing alcohol from my life and working out and all of that. Yeah, within about six months, I had I had my A one C was back to normal, what's considered normal, and I, there was no more talk of having to go on metformin or anything like that. Janet, what kind of comments or questions do you have about that? Well, the first thing that always comes to mind for me is that. Anytime we have too much uh, sugar floating around and our A1Cs are high and our insulin resistance is high, our body's in inflammation. So everything that she's describing, her brain is working better because she's not thinking foggy. Her overall uh, skin health, if she was yeah. talking about that, I mean, the nutrients are getting to her skin and her other organs. So um, the positive of this is that um, overall disease... Uh, uh, chronic disease situations have been lessened and lowered because that inflammation has been removed. And a lot of times people forget that those small lifestyle choices and, and changes have a huge impact and those doors are swinging way open for you. So I'm, I'm super happy for you because a lot of times people just go down that metformin route and then you added another drug to your body because of a side effect of a toxin, you know, I mean, really, I mean, that's, that's really what alcohol had turned into you yeah. in your body was a toxin because that glucose was sitting around causing inflammation and causing damage. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And your, your comment about inflammation is, was another critical thing that went, that happened for me when I first walked into the CrossFit gym after I'd been off alcohol for a couple of months, I mentioned this in the other podcast, I had frozen shoulders. I couldn't do anything. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I couldn't, I couldn't do yeah. anything. And, um, with the quitting of the drinking and changing up the nutri my nutrition and, you know, re a little bit of rehab and stuff, I have full mobility now in my shoulders. And I know for a fact that a big part of what was going on with me was poor nutrition, not exercising and drinking too much. Yep. And just, just think, um, Roddy, how many women or men for that matter have, frozen shoulders, like you said, frozen shoulders, and they go in and, and they get surgery for them. Yep. But it's, it's right. It's lifestyle related. I mean, you're a perfect example. Um, Dr. Sean Baker, orthopedic surgeon was on our podcast, uh, early in 2020. And he talked about how 85% of all orthopedic surgeries 
can be prevented if people change their lifestyle. 85%. That's a huge number. I mean, as pharmacists, we understand that most medication that is prescribed today is definitely lifestyle. Um, And people could change it, could get off the medications if they change their lifestyle. But Mm -hmm. when I heard him talk about orthopedic surgeries, I mean, I get it. You know, overweight people having total knees done or total hips done. I get that. But when he talked about 85% and he talked about shoulders for one, I'm just like, I was blown away. So it's good to hear these stories because people need to hear it, that there are other options besides medications and surgery. And most of them are just changing your lifestyle. Absolutely. One of the things that they did first thing when I had that stroke is they put me on high blood pressure medication. And when I meet with the neurologist next week, I'm going to see if I can get off of that because of the side effects of the medication. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk to you a little, a little bit about nutrition and um, for CrossFit athletes specifically. So mm-hmm. Jen and I are endurance athletes. We ride our bike a lot. Of, a lot. So we have to fuel different than um, CrossFit athletes, um, depending on the length of our workout, duration, and intensity. Uh, CrossFit's workouts are usually fairly short, relatively speaking, to an endurance uh, event. Um, so we often, but intense. Um, so we often get the question about, you know, what should I do pre-workout, during workout, post-workout and for mostly gym workouts, like, like CrossFit does, what, what do you do? What do you recommend for your clients? Well, at each client that I work with is a little bit different in, especially a CrossFit athlete, um, is a little bit different in their routine. So for example, some CrossFit peak folks, any, anybody that's going to the gym will be, I don't really like doing a eating before I work out. It doesn't sit well with me. I don't really need a pre-workout. I just drink a cup of coffee. After my workout, yeah, I might eat, but I might eat, you know, an hour later. Um, my prescription for a CrossFit athlete is, is I don't particularly care when you eat because you, you've got your own routine. What I care about is that you're eating enough, you're eating the right combination of foods, and you're trying to eat something after your workout within 30 minutes that's high protein. And I prescribe protein, protein, protein. I run a really balanced approach, but I always run my CrossFit athletes a little bit higher in protein because I don't want them to lose lean mass. So, um, I don't really have a prescription for anyone as far as when you should eat. It's kind of up to them. I just say, this is what you need to eat. You fit it in your day, however it works for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. You have any comments on that, Janet? I do, because I think for women and most women, because partly Sean and I kind of, with our age, we were always taught, you know, high carb, low yeah. protein, low fat. And for women, I, I see the trend that we, we tend to cut, on our protein and we don't eat as much protein as what men are more likely to. So I like hearing that because I I think that protein makes you feel fuller for one. And that way we can also maintain some of our muscle mass. And that's really important as we transition to different stages of our life is that muscle mass makes uh, a big difference in our health overall. So Mm -hmm. I, that's, that's a great point that you pointed out that making sure that proteins there is super important. Well, and what's interesting is, is that typically women, I find, 
it's counterintuitive for them to eat more. Right. And that is my biggest struggle with coaching the female, uh, the female in general is, is that you're want me to eat this much. You want me to eat how much protein and it's counterintuitive. And most women don't even eat the equivalent of what their BMR is, their basal metabolic rate, what their body needs at rest, let alone working out. It's the biggest struggle that I have is getting people, getting women primarily to eat enough protein. Men are like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. But women are like, oh, well, I think one of the problems is too, is that, you know, in, in our culture of bad food, mm-hmm. we we have trained our bodies to not um, listen to hunger signals. And and I will say that with bad food, it's harder to listen to hunger signals because if you're eating bad food, you just keep eating bad food. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I mean, I could eat all kinds of junk food and just keep eating it and eating it and eating it because you don't feel full. But I always do. I always do a challenge like this to somebody. I'm like... I dare somebody to eat too much steak, red meat. I, I dare you. I mean, at one sitting when I'm hungry, I can really only eat about 12 ounces. If I'm super hungry, maybe 16. And, and I am done. And literally like last night's dinner, uh, Saturday night's dinner, I literally ate 16 ounces of, of steak and I, I didn't have a potato or anything. It was there. Janet made it, but I was done after the steak. You know, so protein is so important and real food. Real food. You can put somebody, if you're, if you're watching your calories, you can put somebody on a 1500 calorie a day diet and they can eat 1500 calories in Twinkies. Yep. Or yeah. They can Basically eat, two Twinkies. <laughs> right. Or they can eat 1500 calories and do a combination of protein, carbs, and fats and have fuel. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, I, I had a, a doctor tell us this on the podcast, tell me this and, and our listeners and viewers a few weeks ago on our podcast, Dr. Ovadia, um, cardiologist that, um, you know, is basically going against the grain a little bit and talk, talking to patients about how to change their diet and lifestyle instead of having drugs and cardiac surgery. Anyway, he said this, he said that our bodies don't necessarily sense calories. Right. It senses, it senses nutrients. Right. So we get full when our body says, wow, that's enough. That's enough nutrients. And you think about that, the Twinkie analogy. Yeah. Literally, I mean, I think a Twinkie is like 500 calories. I don't know exactly. But literally, you, you could probably eat three or four Twinkies in a day and you would be at your maximum calories for the day. Right. Um, but you're not going to feel full. And even if you did, an hour later, you'd be hungry. But if you eat, you know, 1,500 calories of steak, which is – you know, two big steaks, uh-huh. um, you're, you're going to feel full for 24 hours. Seriously. Well, think of the visual of that. <laughs> right. These two steaks are for, you know. Right. Yeah. But it isn't just the visual too. I mean, I think the way carbohydrates spike in our body so fast and then they fall signals people to feel like they're hungry. And where right. other foods, when you have that, your 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 body feels full physically, but also that that sugar isn't spiking. Those proteins and fats are slowly going into the system, so you don't have this huge burst of, you know, a spike and then a fall. And I think when we get so used to those spikes, we listen to that because that's what we know, and that doesn't, you know, so oh, I must be hungry. Oh, I must, you know, where that just doesn't happen when you have the protein uh, appropriately. And and it is a really hard thing to understand because a lot of people will just say, 
it's it's calories in and calories out, but it doesn't seem to work out that way. How about what what do you do you agree? I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Roddy? Yeah, calories in and calories out doesn't work at all for me. And and I don't I don't subscribe to that at all. Um, yes, you need to be in a calorie deficit, obviously, if you want to lose weight right. and all of those, right. and, and there's all kinds of things that you take into consideration when you're working with a client. Um, but it's to- for me, it's, I coach my clients, food is fuel, period, period. I need you to eat regularly throughout the day, every few hours so that you can keep your blood sugar level. So you're not having those spikes and those, those increases and decreases. And it works if they stick to it and they do it, it works. Clean, whole foods, nutrient dense, eat a lot of protein, whatever you're prescribed. Don't be afraid of the calories. If I put you on something, I've done a calculation. It's going to work. (laughs) Yeah. If you let it work, if you stay consistent, it will work. Well, and I think you just said it right there. It's consistency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when somebody follows a plan that you give them, um, obviously, you know what you're talking about. So stay consistent on that plan and and it will work. Now, if they're, you know, if they're a slave to the scale and they're weighing every day and they say, well, gosh, you know, I I, I ate the food you wanted me to eat and I gained two pounds. Well, don't, don't freak out about that. I mean, the scale weight goes like this. It's, it's, it's long-term. Long term, what are you looking for? And weight's probably not the most important thing. It's 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 probably you know how we look in body composition, not necessarily weight. Yeah, lean mass, body fat. You know, you can you can be losing weight, losing lean mass, and gaining fat. You're just skinny fat. Right, exactly. Right. And you're not healthy. Right, and that's yeah. still not healthy at all. No. Right. So as you mentioned um, early on in our podcast about where you wanted to go. So tell us where you want to go. Where where do you want this uh, coaching business to be? Where do you want to be in five years? Um, Gosh, that's a really good question. I'm still kind of working that out in my head, but um, I really want nutrition by design to make, be able to get to a place where, and I think I'm already starting there to make a big impact, a massive impact in the lives of the people that we serve. So going forward, uh, of course, I'm still coaching clients and and that's what I love to do. That's my sweet spot. But I'm going to be doing some partnering uh, with a really good friend of mine who owns uh, Fit15, Building Strong Humans. And her and I are putting together a course, a nine-week course that's going to be coming out here. We're not quite sure yet, probably within the next couple of months. And then I'm hoping to be doing some teaching, uh, doing some uh, nutrition seminars um, and that type of thing. And then I'm also working on adding some ex- some different looking packages to my nutrition program. Right now I have a six week package and that's all. And the reason I had that was because I was working full time and it's all I could manage. So now I'm looking to expand the types of packages that I offer in duration, um, partnering with hopefully a local uh, meal prep. Is that what you call them? Meal prep company mm-hmm. for those folks who, don't want to meal prep and want to just order their food. So in five years, I would love to be able to see nutrition by design, uh, me just doing coaching and having maybe two or three other coaches alongside with me and uh, just growing my online presence and growing my local presence. Yeah, well, I, I think you're doing that. We want to help you do that. Um, you've got an incredible story and uh, you know, you've already helped a lot of clients and we want to, um, um, help you help more. And our, our goal of this podcast is basically to 
to, as it always has been, um, is to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And and you have definitely showed us how to do that today, um, not only with your own health journey, but how you um, help help clients to reach their maximum potential. So we really appreciate you, Roddy. We really do. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And what is the best way to get a hold of you if people have any questions? You can get a hold of me uh, with my on my phone number or by my phone number, uh, 509-308-7587. You can get a hold of me on Facebook. My website is in design right now and under construction because we're revamping it. So my phone number and Facebook is probably the best way to reach me. And your Facebook is Nutrition by Design. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a Facebook? Let's see if we can stream that really fast. Uh, um over on the left there we go and then search it and um so roddy what's the best way to um get a hold of you during the day if somebody wants to stop by and say hi are you at the gym most time most of the time Uh, i kind of i come here primarily just to meet clients and do podcasts so um if somebody wants to come and see where i live you know or my office space they just need to call me in we'll set up a time and we can come upstairs and chat Awesome. Sounds good. Well, we'll we'll work on in the edited version of the podcast. We'll stream your uh, website so people can get a hold of you, and we'll definitely uh, stream your book website also, so people can can buy your book. And thanks for being a boss. Oh, Roddy. thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate being on. And uh, Roddy, you probably want to tune in uh, Thursday. I have uh, Matt on. He's uh, in Florida. He talks about nutrition and diet also, and we're going to basically be talking about how. The influence of what parents do influences their kids. And, you know, we're going to call it something that's not politically correct. Doesn't sound very nice, but it's true. Um, Fat parents equal fat kids. We're going to literally call it that. And it's true. And I've been there. So I've been fat and my kids have been fat. And um, I changed that. And the way I changed my kid was after I changed myself. It's really hard to look your kids in the eye and say, tell them you want them to do something when you're not doing it. So we get it all the time where we have parents say, well, my kids are overweight and I want to help them with that. And I, and I just look at them and I'm just Frank. And it's not, it's not because I'm mean, it's because I love them and I want them to be healthy. It's like, well, you know, it starts with you. So you you, you tune in eight, eight, 8, 9, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Thursday, our midweek podcast. Roddy, thank you for being on today. Appreciate it. <laughs> Listeners and viewers, thank you for being on Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>